0: Kingway, Fox, lock is acting very weird. Captain Pike, Prisco's wife, Klingons and the afterlife. Boy, Lert, Tendi's dog, Ransom is very harsh. Ford Drive, Black Alert, Giorgio has gone berserk.
1: Peter Batliff, Edward is an idiot, Fock dead, Wolf is wet, Jackal's
0: wearing red. Steed is cat, can
1: Peck's hat, Q is that, enough of that. Be me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We talk about, about the series. You can join us live by picking up your phone now. We talk about the series. We're coming to, to you on the streaming services now. We talk about the series.
2: Come and well, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe. It is Monday night. It is 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. That means we are live. You can let your fingers do the walk-in and call Trek Talking right now at 646-668. 2433, welcome to Comic Corner. This is where we talk about the latest and the greatest Star Trek comic books. This particular week, we have some really good ones. We have Star Trek Lower Decks, um, issue two, and Star Trek Picard, Stargazer, issue two, which we were going to cover last time, but we did the Star Trek 400th issue and went long, so we moved that to tonight. So we're all caught up and uh, back on schedule. Before we dive in and get started, though, I want to let you know that you can visit our new website at trektalking.com. That's right, trektalking.com. What is it, Eric?
1: I think we lost Eric. trektalking.com.
2: It's trek talk, yes we did. It's trektalking.com. And you can go to trektalking.com and get all your trek fix all in one place. You'll see a little microphone in the bottom corner. You can record a message for us and i will play them on the air which is really cool i just added a blog as well so you can go there and tell us what you're thinking and see some pictures from past events it's it's still in the works but it's moving in the right direction so uh, please head over there to trektalking.com so let me introduce to you our spurts for tonight we'll start off with eric eric is out in portland how you doing tonight eric
0: I am doing pretty good tonight, Jim. It is a beautiful day in Portland. Uh, we finally got some decent weather here, and uh, I'm enjoying having my window open. There's just a tiny, tiny breeze kind of blowing in. Uh, so looking forward to talking about these comics. Uh, two thoroughly enjoyable issues. Uh, I can't wait to hear what uh, all of my good friends here on the show think about these things. So, yeah, this is
2: this going good, this was some good. We also have from Portland as well, our very own Paul the toy guy. How you doing, Paul? Hey,
3: hey Jim, doing good. Uh you can keep that warm weather, Eric. I'm I'm cheering for rain, man. I'm 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 done with summer. I'm like done with 80 degrees. I want it to get rainy and cooler. I want autumn. So I'm cheering it on, man. Bring it.
2: Bring it on. Bring it on. And also we have with us our very own Charles. He's out in Las Vegas. How you doing tonight, Charles?
1: I'm doing good. Paul doesn't <coughs> doesn't <coughs> excuse me doesn't like it. <coughs> We're finally down to the 80s, so for us it is starting to feel fallish. So yeah, looking glad the glad the weather's cooling down. We don't have anything of of moisture in the air, especially solid moisture. Man, ready to talk some comics.
2: Yeah, you know it's getting down into the into the 60s, 70s here. It's starting to swing into the winter time. Uh, uh, Anyways, but we got to get through Halloween first, so that's pretty cool. So uh, as I said, guys, we're going to talk about Star Trek Lower Decks issue two. I believe there's only three issues of that, so um, this is like the middle act, like the Empire Strikes Back act of the trilogy. We're going to talk about that. And we also have Star Trek Picard Stargazer issue number two, which I also believe is the middle of three. So we got two number twos to talk about. And uh, what do you say? You guys want to do uh, lower decks first?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. All right.
2: So we're going to talk about lower decks. Let's set the scene. should get you guys in the mood get your blood pumping to talk about star trek lower decks we're going to talk about issue number two while the crew in the lower decks deals with the repercussions of bringing dracula back aboard the Cerritos. the away team grapples with its own unfortunate miscalculations on the planet quavante okay so who do we who's going to start off with the lower decks did we decide Who's got the
1: Pokemon well, loss?
0: I wouldn't so. mind I wouldn't mind going for it if you guys don't mind. Um particularly because I just love uh as you know, this writer, uh, Ryan North. Uh previously when we reviewed issue number one, I revealed that he was the main writer of the uh Unbeatable Squirrel Girl comics, which are kinda in the same vein in some ways, very playful, very like um People are solving problems, and then there's kind of like this little subtext that goes on at the bottom of each page. So um, this comic, of course, kicks right off where issue number one uh, left off. And to kind of remind you of what's going on, they do a nice thing on the inside part of the cover where there's a couple of logs. There's a, a, a Captain Beckett or a Captain Freeman uh, captain's log. And then there is a Mariner log. And the one thing that I just want to mention about that, which is so funny, is that at the very end of the Mariner log, uh, she starts talking to Boimler and the log machine doesn't turn off. And so it starts recording her. (laughs) And then she makes this comment about, wait, don't these things have some sort of uh, intuition about when they stop recording and then it cuts her off. Um, So hilarious uh, because of course everybody knows people are constantly interrupting people on Star Trek as they're doing logs and somehow the computer figures out where to start and stop recording. So just a nice little callback. Uh, So here we are once again aboard the Cerritos. We start out with Mariner doing what Mariner does, which is uh, insurrection (laughs) feeling like she is interpreting what Ransom wants her to do. And she says, Ransom wants me to fix what's going on right now. And so I'm going to go fix it. And uh, I don't know if you guys had a chance to, to do this or not, but I love one of my favorite part of this particular section is that uh, she holds up this uh, pad that has a bunch of teeny, teeny, teeny text that really is almost impossible to read. Like the only way that I could possibly read it uh, was to take a photo of it and then kind of blow it up and read it. And what it is, is it is uh, a series of instructions for uh, doing a test to see if a artificial entity has achieved sentence or not which is relative in so many ways. And, uh, you know, the one thing that I want to mention about the timing of this comic is since issue number one, what have we found out? We have found out that professor Moriarty will be returning on Picard. And so here we have, you know, (laughs) we have a Boimler in issue number one, talking about uh, the whole Moriarty situation and and how Dracula has kind of had the potential to become a new Moriarty. So, Pretty funny, uh, and nice tie-in to what's coming in the future. Uh, Our B story is, of course, of Captain Freeman and Shax and uh, Taana down on the planet uh, with the uh, the sort of native population down there who have decided that they are witches uh, and they're carrying pitchforks and shovels and wanting to burn them at the stake. And let me just mention at this point, I haven't really you know, said any specifics about all of these little subtexts that go on below. But, of course, the whole story is tracking with, with just little things in the, at the bottom that are absolutely delightful. They either add to the actual story or they give you a little side comment on it or they make some sort of other cool Star Trek reference. So, I mean, this comic can be reread three or four or five times, I think, and you could probably enjoy it just about every single time. Um, you get a nice uh kind of double page spread in the middle of this story with uh with a scene that looks to me just a little bit uh a little bit like somebody who's tracking TPS reports there. Uh, I don't know, drinking a cup of coffee with some specs on. Maybe a little reference there to some other movies outside the Star Trek uh realm. Uh Boimler in his wisdom uh has helped build our Dracula character, his own realm uh and there are some hijinks that sort of ensue there uh this part of the story is kind of like the it's pretty i don't know i really enjoyed it because you get boimler kind of being boimler he's he's got this cape on right and he thinks this cape is is such a thing that almost like gives him such a panache such a like (laughs) um Part of his personality has become now this cape, and it feels like he gives him this power, and I just love that part of Weimar. He's He kind of builds up these little things in his head that um, boost his own confidence, I guess. Uh, I think it's like a healthy thing to do, uh, so love that part of the story. We get Shax laying down the law here because the beast is unleashed uh, we get a tour of Dracula's virtual castle in here uh, with all kinds of cool paintings and tapestries in there that we can discuss in more detail uh, if we would like to. And then the kind of payoff to the B story here uh, towards the end of this issue is that we learn that this planet has a couple of different populations that look exactly the same but have 15,000 years of difference in their evolution. And so the, the more technologically advanced ones eventually catch up with the crew who's down on the planet. Uh, they signal up to their ships in orbit that the Cerritos should be attacked. Uh, we get Kayshon, uh or not Kay. <laughs> Yeah, we get Kayshon, uh doing some nice Tamarian references in there, which kind of cracked me up as well. And at the end of this issue, it's kind of funny because this is a little tropey, but it, is clever, I think, and a kind of a funny way to turn this character. you know all along the the idea of this uh, issue has been that Dracula has been softened and he's not really dangerous and he didn't really mean to do things and he's not really Moriarty. He's kind of like an anti- Moriarty, except the very end of the story because of Rutherford's injury, he gets a little taste of real blood. I'm not exactly sure how that works uh, technologically, but he tastes real blood. And he decides that, uh, oh, my gosh, this is something that uh, they were keeping from me. Uh turns out I actually need to become the bad guy that everybody expected. And so I expect this story will kind of wind up in issue number three with a final showdown type situation uh, with Dracula and the gang. So uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this issue. Honestly, it was delightful. I read it three times already, and I feel like I'm going to read it again uh, a couple of weaknesses, I think. Uh, well, not weaknesses, just interesting things. So once again, we get 44 pages here, 30 pages of a story, which I think is a better ratio than we had in the last issue. I don't remember exactly what the ratio was. But then the rest of it is not just advertisements. There's some really fun art. Three or four pages after the story, there's a whole, like, side vamp where Count Dracula is doing a personal reflection on Anna Karina or Karenina that turns into a love uh, fest about uh, Dracula and Van Helsing and all of this kind of stuff, which is so funny. Um, We get some fake ads for Dracula's castle and uh, uh, how bad she can teach you a lesson about what's been going on in these stories, a couple of other fun ads. So, it's it's a comic that, like, has a few advertisements in it, only 30 pages of it is story, but then there's, like, some clever side art and that kind of stuff. So, if you're into that and you're into just clever, fun, uh, cute stories, I think this issue is even better than the first one, honestly. I just really liked it. So, uh, what did you guys think? Charles, you want to
2: jump in next?
1: <clears throat> All right. I... Hadn't, I kept into the story and didn't really turn past the uh, stories to the artwork. And normally there's a, usually I'm, I'm at least the Kindle version, I'm used to some kind of story afterwards of reviewing another comic, introduce or giving you teasers on another comic. And this time I see a lot more stuff in there some cute ads uh clippy actually going in and doing Badgie, yeah <laughs> Badgie, excuse me Badgie doing his own um cadet review that's i like the fact that's right that he did in.
0: i think he it was the doing... same one that he gave in the first issue too so that was kind of interesting right. well, He really updated for this issue uh, although there were new references
1: Yep, but absolutely. I love the idea of when they were... <clears throat> oh, well, Dracula drinks blood. Oh, you're drinking blood? Oh, no, no, we're doing daiquiris. He's having blood daiquiris. Oh, we'll call him <laughs> Oh, Okay. This is, this issue just continues on in the Lower Decks theme. It's got the Lower Decks humor in there. Mariner, it's like, <clears throat> oh, they're going to court-martial you if you don't sit there and do your duty. So she runs off and does her duties while they go in and try dealing with Dracula. I love that page of the different parts. Of, they show off a, different, a map of ship and the different parts the ship she was going off and working on. I'm surprised Eric didn't talk about some of the subtext at the bottom of those. I didn't get as into those as I did last issue.
0: Oh, my gosh. So I, I feel like we could have spent an hour just on this issue if we got into those because they are freaking clever, man. I mean, they there's just good, good stuff in there. But, yeah, that's why I didn't, Charles, because I felt like it was such a deep hole.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I love how the command crews getting themselves into a mess and realizing that, oh, no, no, you weren't supposed to go here. You were supposed to go over here. Oops. And now you're in trouble. You've broken our prime directive, and we're going to put you to death because of it. It's like, oh, man, what a good cliffhanger. And what a true cliffhanger in a lower deck style another good issue on this one i definitely would like to see more lower deck comics because lower decks oh. just goes this lower deck just goes right into animated comic series so well especially with good writers
2: yeah i, I you, agree Paul? i i agree
3: yeah i thought it was mostly pretty entertaining uh, i thought it was fun right um you know, uh, initially I'm like, how much can you do with, with Dracula? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, and oh, we're going to talk about the capes and we're going to talk about eating watermelons and all this stuff. So, but you know, they kept, uh, they kept it fun and, uh, and they kept going around with it. I think uh, it is funny to me how, um, Boymueller uh is looking at like as like a leadership role model just, just, just like and
1: you know
3: when you think about leadership as somebody who uh you know sucks the life out of your employees, well maybe that's not the worst example so uh, <laughs> I'm sure some of us have had some experience with that hmm.
1: uh,
3: yeah uh but I think it's uh, it's fun I like uh, on uh the pages aren't numbered, so it's sort of challenging yeah the uh the picnic part there where um boy was talking about the capes and how fantastic it is to have a cape right and pretty sure that was an all our yesterday's reference right yes absolutely uh, with the going through the wrong door and popping into that world's ice age i thought stuff like that's great um uh, i thought that was a really nice uh tip of the hat there um uh pretty entertaining uh for the most part um yeah, it's uh everything you guys already covered, I think I would I would echo that. It's uh I like the the, the dueling stories, one in the holodeck, one before uh on the landing party where it's all screwed up and they're sort of, you know, you know, screwing up their own version of the prime director for someone else. You know, it's it's pretty entertaining. Um I would let's see I do really like uh you know, well, this is pretty facetious uh, as far as stories go. I really love the idea of uh, what it sounds like we're getting back to when Picard next season. The old idea of uh, you know characters like uh, Moriarty who are you know uh, you know sentience coming out of technology. I think that's a great thing to explore. I mean, it's just kind of done here for for a laugh. So I'm curious to see what they do as far as. You know, putting actual sentience together for Dracula, right? Because right now he's just kind of for for laughs, right? But what is it about him that makes him sentient, right? So you know, as far as justification for that, um, that I don't know yet. So we'll have to see where they go with that. Um, uh, I feel like there's more going on with Boimler than there is a Dracula. You know, I'm not seeing a lot of like what Dracula is looking to contribute to the larger world other than just getting a taste for real blood right so Mm -hmm. so we'll see but there was some nice panel work in here i like the one where there's the inside of castle dracula and we've got all the big portraits of everything that he's Mm -hmm. including what looks like it's boimler and uh, mariner's baby at some point i don't know <laughs> that's, what that's
1: what i
0: that. was i saw that i was like didn't that look like they were enjoying a baby together and i tried it, to interpret it they look other like way. new
3: uh, they look like new parents to me in that yeah. picture right and then there's uh, a some first like contact baby. picture yeah. definitely a first contact picture and and what i guess is kind of a riff on the lion king where he's holding up a penguin is
0: that was how that? i read
3: that
1: yep. <laughs> so i don't know yeah.
3: Somebody's got to explain to me, though, because you guys were talking about the, um, uh, the funny art bits and whatnot at the back, uh, but after the Badgie Explains It All segment, right, there's something that they had in the previous issue, uh, in issue one, and they have it again here, where it looks like uh, something about a file repair thing, and it looks like it's a
0: 3D thing,
3: right, uh, where there's a lot of circled stuff you know what i'm talking about with, i do uh, know what ma- you're
0: talking about is that a 3d thing is that what that is well it
3: looks like it's 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 got that same weird color palette that that is the way 3d comics are drawn right with where it things aren't oh. lined up 100 percent but this it, is one
0: of those i think this is one of those like you, compare yeah uh do you know charles
1: yes if you go to issue one it's you see badgie it's like unable to render a complete record please mark all inconsistencies
0: right it's like one of those so which this is, is the answer what's the difference between the two pictures
1: the answer type here. thing what was, the, what was the difference between the two yeah. the images
3: oh and this okay. is
1: the answer to this the difference yes
3: okay and yeah so i'm back in highlights like magazine it. here is what i'm hearing. okay yes. totally. so it's the the fact that the colors look like a, like a 3d thing is more of a coincidence, right? Not really. It's it's not meant to evoke 3D. Okay, so I'm getting getting that Goofus and Gallant highlights magazine thing. Got it. Okay, spot the differences. I guys, if you're looking for more stuff to put on your back pages i think way more badgy and funny stuff like the anna caranina thing and less of yes. this. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it's just
3: like uh super like clever yeah that didn't quite i was just like i don't get it and i'm like it's probably because like i'm that? too old right i'm you didn't too didn't like old the, to
0: get it you didn't like the anna caranina thing
3: it was pretty funny i think i think that would be better stuff like that where it's yeah, like
0: yeah. pretty
3: clearly i think that and the 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 little sub chapters at the bottom of the pages right i think stuff like that's probably you know way more ryan north amusing himself and having fun right which is way more entertaining i think than having to refer back to issue one to get the joke so i'm like mm. i'd rather have more stuff of like ryan north and more badgy stuff which i think is really funny so uh but no i enjoyed it i thought it was entertaining and stuff um uh, no, Borg, you will have to answer a
0: CAPTCHA.
3: <laughs> so it was funny. Uh, it was good. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think that's really about it for me, man. There's not a lot to say for me on this one. It was pretty, uh, pretty much out there. Um, you know, it, it, is what it, it is what it is. Oh, no. oh, man, you didn't. You didn't. I did. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't resist. I was just, it was all right. Oh, so um, uh, man. Uh, it, it was pretty fun. I enjoyed
2: it. Well, well I got to I say, I, go I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I actually think that in some ways, the comic is better than the show. And I think that they could continue. And you know what I like about it is that the artwork, it looks like the people that do the show do the comic. It's perfect. It's literally, if you took a screenshot of the TV show and you picked any one of these panels and put them side by side, you could not tell the difference. It's that good.
0: Yeah, I don't know who. I, I would imagine that it – I mean, I will say this. I completely agree with you, and good comic book artists are known for their ability to mimic other people's uh, styles when when asked to do so. But I don't know who Chris Finoglio is. I have not researched him to know that it, uh, if he works uh, on the show or not. Perhaps he does, um, and perhaps somebody is uh, – googling with the with the the speed of of 10 fingers I'm not sure but yeah it would be interesting to know Jim because the style is so similar you're right and even the way that they kind of like shoot uh scenes you know the the variety of I don't know views that they take or you really get the sense that you're watching an episode And I know we keep saying that over and over and over again but it's just that it's like um it is what did it say didn't it say at the beginning of one of these issues that this was canon didn't it say that like at the front of the last issue or something It's like this is i canon. think it might have been something I like that also exactly.
2: yeah, you know a lot of comic books you know one of the things you'll the artist just doesn't get the characters right but but this this you couldn't it's perfect it's <laughs> perfect so i i wanted to say that and i also wanted to, to mention that, that I, I thought it was great when uh, Dracula turned into a bat and kept the cape. I was <laughs> laughing. I was like, oh my god, you know, he's got the cape. Um, so that was cute. But something that no one has mentioned, and that's the doctor on the planet. And she's oh swearing god. like a truck driver. Well, I this, you mother effers. And, and she's just... Swe- and <laughs> all this bad stuff happens and she's like, well, maybe I should bleep myself. <laughs> And i was like, oh my god, that's just so funny. <laughs> I loved it. Um, yeah, so I, I don't. I, you guys pretty much covered it. I just, I loved this episode. I thought this, this, this book was great. The artwork was great. The story moved along at a good pace. Um, I, I, I don't understand why they put so many blank pages at the end. I, I, I don't know why they do well, that. Why I mean- they. Do you guys know? I mean, I don't know if
0: I feel like maybe I've asked this question before, and I don't know if we know the answer. But I'm wondering if there are kind of standard sizes of comic books. Like comic books only come in 24, 36, uh, 44. You know, I don't I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but I feel like this one is either over. It's oversized for the size of the story, right? Thirty pages of story should be maybe a thirty-six page book at most, and this one's forty-four. So,
2: yeah, and, and I I really like the way they put. They didn't just put a bunch of crappy ads. You, you know, the stuff that's in the back is some of it's just as entertaining as the book itself. So that that was pretty cool, and I'm very much looking forward to issue number three. So I have nothing but high praise for the for the Lower Decks books so far. And I really hope that they get their own monthly book and they continue on with Lower Decks because they're hitting it out of the park with Lower Decks, in my opinion. And, guys, <laughs> uh, we have a caller on the line here. <laughs> um, so I'm going to see if I can get my Kindle here to answer the phone. Come on. You can do it. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talking. What's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Hello? Hello? Is my thing not connect here? Hello, hmm. caller. You're live on the air with Trek Talking. Hmm. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> sounds awesome. yep, yeah, well.
0: What do you okay. guys? One last question I wanted to ask is, yeah, please call back, caller. We'd love to get you on the air, but I wanted to ask you guys about the cost of this book. So six ninety nine. Um, I said, you know, it. I, I feel like six months ago, the kind of, and maybe it still is, the going rate for a lot of IDW comics is like in the three ninety nine range. Um, Picard came in at four ninety nine. This is six ninety nine. I believe the last issue was maybe six ninety nine as well. It feels a little pricey to me, but I don't know maybe circumstances economics i don't know what what do you guys think about that
3: yeah, I think my my I had that same reaction to it because it's like two bucks more expensive I mean you know I mean it's a comic book for crying out loud, right, but it's too much two bucks more expensive than like you know uh Picard Stargazer right, and I don't know that you're getting a lot of content. For your buck on that i mean i could get with the first issue or a big mega issue like issue 400 sure justify an extra couple of bucks but i wonder if like it's part of i mean my guess is idw's got this you know franchise right they're doing all the star trek titles my guess is you 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 pay for that I'm assuming there's some licensing costs Mm -hmm. go along with being able to do that. And my guess is because it's such a prime franchise and you're getting, you know, not just one title, but numerous titles of the franchise, right. They're doing all of it. That probably a lot of that was, there's like a licensing fee involved, but there's like a much higher cost to pay to the mothership than, you know, just doing, you know, an issue of avatar or whatever it would Mm -hmm. be. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I suspect there's a high cost involved in that. And, uh, and and it's popular, and so they know people are looking for it right now. And just and it's like everything. I spent eight dollars for a thing of oatmeal the other day, right? For uh, yeah. you know, like a tub of instant yeah. oatmeal. To, I mean, everything. But it's, inflation's nuts, and I'm sure it's impacting uh, the comic industry right now. I mean, it's kind
2: of miraculous that these even still get published. <laughs> well, and, I, uh, yeah. your, standard, your standard comic book, um, I. I is 22 pages. Um, this one was more than that. Like when we talk about Picard, Picard is short compared to this one. So this one is bigger. Like how many pages is this one, Charles or Eric? Somebody.
0: This, one, this one's 44.
2: 44. So it's twice as big as Picard. So the price uh, is actually good because it's not twice the price.
0: Yeah. And actually Picard is a weird one because it's actually twenty eight. So it's six pages longer than the standard one, which maybe is the extra buck. I don't know.
2: Right. Yeah. So I, I think it's still a fair price for what you're getting, huh. in my opinion. I mean, but I, yeah. you know, for each its own, I guess. Yeah. It'd so, be cool uh, if, yeah. Well, at
0: least go to your local of- comic shop because, of course, if you have a, a box or, you know, if you're buying on Amazon, I think, too. Hopefully not. Well, maybe Amazon does it, too. I'm not sure. Anyway, 10% off your local shop at least uh so you know buy your paper
2: copies where you can yeah they just show up on my kindle which is pretty cool which is why i can't talk about them because i'm running the show through my kindle right now (laughs) um i gotta rely on you guys anyways so let's just go around the room real quick before you move on to picard and charles what do you think one to ten you recommend this book
1: definitely um Trying going to stick with my good high nine. Can't wait to see what right. they do with number three.
2: Excellent. How about you? What do you think, Ch- or Eric? One to 10. Yeah. Nine for me as well. For sure. Two nines. North. Oh. You're going to stick with the nines or are you going to break with the crew?
3: I got to break a little, uh, just in terms of, you know, what, what the story is about, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, and just the, the laugh ratio for me, I mean, like we were talking on the Thursday show, right? I mean, comedy's very subjective. Um, so for me, I give it a seven.
2: Seven, and I, I'm going to go with a 9.5. I, I, wish, I wish they had done this instead of the bird episode. I'll just, I'll leave it at that. So we're going to move on to uh, Star Trek Picard. And so I want to set the tone for you guys. So then we're going to dive right in. All right, guys, Star Trek Picard, Stargazer issue number two. I just want to let you know that you can get all of your Trek fix at TrekTalking.com. That's right, TrekTalking.com. Look us up. We have a new website. I've been working pretty hard on it. I think you guys are going to like it, TrekTalking.com. So, um, what is it, Jim? I, I think it's TrekTalking.com. It's TrekTalking.com? It. it is. We it got is the little... So weird
3: because that's the name of the show, man. That's such a weird... That's a
1: TrekTalking.
3: coincidence trektalking.com are you sure that's
2: right <laughs>
1: trektalking.com
3: wow that must mean fate is intervening here man
2: serendipity trektalking.com I like it trektalking.com that's where you want to go so you also may have noticed that we're not having any more commercial breaks have you guys noticed that in the last couple of shows oh yeah yeah. The reason why we're not having commercial breaks anymore is because now we're like public broadcasting. If you go to trucktalking.com, we are going to run this show totally from fan support. That means you can go to com and hit the donate button and help us out. And uh, you can get a Truck Talking t-shirt as a gift. You can get a Truck Talking mug as a gift. Um, you can help in any way. And it's all appreciated. Helps to keep this phone line open so fans can call, and uh, helps to pay for the postage to send out all the cool stuff. When we send out stuff like Playmates figures to lucky lucky listeners, that pays for the postage for that as well. So every little bit of helps, head over to trektalking.com and help out if you can. All right, guys, let's talk about Star Trek Picard, Stargazer issue number two. And Charles, why don't you get us started?
1: Okay, I'll do a kind of a summary like Eric did. <clears throat> well, we start off going back 27 years and we learn a little bit about what happened 27 years ago. We get to prime time, present day, and you've got nine in Picard there and they're kind of trying to head towards wherever seven is trying to lead them. And they realize in the caves that they see some remains of Riemann. So we know there was an effect of Riemann involved in the past. And we learn that the mining that the Romulans end up doing to this planet and rather destroying the planet. And we start learning a little bit more about the planet and eventually getting to, I guess, the center, the core of the planet where we start meeting the the civilization that's under there and meeting the creatures that are there and meeting their council. And a lot of discussion about what their next move is. How are they going to deal with the issue? And coming up the plan, we get to definitely visit the of the group. And you kind of think she's maybe a little bit, bit vampiric. She's got definitely got the teeth for it. And Seven's got a plan, but she doesn't really want to include Picard in it. She wants to leave him behind to help and have her crew go deal with the issue. So she goes in trying to get for an ambush and finds out the ambush is sort of a trap. The people that Picard are with, they find out that they've been invaded and that their leader wants Picard for some plan of hers Calling herself Resca, and how she's going to how she's going to take the uh, resources of the planet. And we find out the Romans are there to shoo off the stargazer. That they have a bigger plan for this place. And that ends this issue. To be continued next issue. So, nobody's commenting. I wasn't crazy about this one. The first story really kind of, this one kind of, I guess it's a middle story. It kind of wanders in a couple of directions and kept me semi-interested, but not as much as I'd like to have been. I think I was more connected with what was going on Lower Decks than I was this issue for uh, Stargazer. What do you think, Eric? Uh, You know, reading this
0: book actually made me want to go back and read the first issue again because I wanted to make sure that I was getting the connections because, you know, much in the same way the season sort of is very bingeable and maybe even reads best if you just watch one episode after another – Eventually, this comic will be that way, too, right? If you buy the trade paperback that they're sure to publish in the future with all the issues in it, and you can read it as one story, it'll make a lot more sense. So I do encourage anybody who got issue number one and just feels like this uh, book picks up in the middle of the story, just go back and check out that first issue again, because what I had forgotten, for example, is, you know, you open up page one here and you get uh, somebody named... Um, Commander Xenius, and of course that's exactly the same person that Picard made the deal with back in the day when he was on the old Stargazer to not uh, mine the planet. He's like, no, go over here and mine these asteroids instead, and the Romulan was like, yep, I'll do that for sure. See ya. That was Xenius, and then of course Xenius and his cronies came back later and destroyed the planet and mined all the stuff. Um, there's a great story... I know. Seriously. Like, like, like a Romulan would do
1: that. Right. (laughs) So selfish, man. So selfish.
0: (laughs) So um, there's also this great, you know, between Xenius and then, so you get to like deeper political kind of like almost um, Ducat Cardassian with the Bajorans type story where of course he couldn't keep his hands off the local population. So he, made it with a Riemann and there's a baby involved and the baby grows up to be the one who, uh, leads the resistance in the future, classic story. Um, so the vampiric teeth one is the same one as the baby back in the day in this book. Uh, so I love that they're bringing the Remans more into this story. That's very appealing to me. I feel like the Remans have been a little bit neglected. We got a little bit of them well, they were introduced really. And, and then kind of left to be, uh, in Nemesis. Um we need more Remans. I wanna know more about the Remans. Uh so I'm all we about it. Ne- sure we've never we have seen them outside remains. of Nemesis, have we, Eric? I don't think so. Uh not in Prime no.
3: Canon. Yeah.
0: Not on T V. Nope. Not at all. I
3: didn't think so. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting, right?
0: So I really dig that they're doing that. Um I, the seven connection like Picard connection and them the whole like kind of relationship where Seven can now sort of give Picard orders, like, you stay on the planet, and we'll go take care of this situation. I do I do like that dynamic change, and it's a nice kind of counterpoint to what we got at the beginning of that last issue where she was failing the new version of the Kobayashi Maru. Um, so it's like a nice like revol- uh, role reversal is what I'm trying to say. Um, so I did like that. I like that we're dealing with the indigenous population, uh, and there's some cool cool stuff in there so now we have three races right we got the federation we got the remans on the surface and then we got the indigenous population down below who need to be moved because the romulans destroyed the planet um so there's another evacuation story not unlike the romulan evacuation story that we all know and love from picard anyway so there's a little bit of hearkening back to that stuff so i did i did like that part of it um and then at the very end, I would like that once again we get Xenius coming back, and he shows up in what? The most kick-ass, like, awesome, big, scary ship that they have, the Dideradex, man. It shows up, and next to the Stardazer, just dwarfs it, right? So um, I can't wait to see how this series ends. I love the art. Angel Hernandez over and over again. We dig his art. Uh, so kudos to him. Once again, directly canon adjacent. So we got the Kirsten Beyer and Mike Johnson team. Um, I honestly like. I'm enjoying this comic more than I enjoyed season two of Picard. So that's my story.
3: <laughs> cool.
0: Paul, what's up?
3: No, I liked it too, man. I I, I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, uh, it's been like a thousand years since I've watched. Uh, uh, help me out here. I'm a nemesis. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Monday Brain, man. So Monday Brain. So I was like, wait a second. Because I'm like, have have I missed like episodes of other franchises where we've had the Remans before? So it took me back for a little bit. But it's interesting just because I like – I was intrigued by the way they were depicted here, right? As basically like this, you know, kind of uh, brutalized slave cast, right? Yeah. That's that's been, you know, doing all the dirty work. I think if I remember right from – Nemesis, hadn't they been sort of forced to work in the dilithium mines or doing, right. you know, uh, really, you know,
0: That's unseemly on work? Yep.
3: Yeah. And, and really, uh, I'll have to, I mean, I'm going to have to go back and watch that again, clearly, because it's been a long time. and Life has moved on, right? But it'd be interesting. But he's now, he's got this child here, and this child is, you know, uh, in position to be a revolutionary leader, and maybe more to them than we see here. You know, I mean, they seem to be um, positioned as almost like... Revolutionary leader slash hero, you know at least in terms of I I'm is I mean do you guys think on face value is uh I want to say Resca is it Resca yeah it's Resca is yeah, is, yeah. is Resca on board with Xenius I I would say probably not right nope. I mean
0: is that nope. I I don't She's think at so. Least- at least she's an anti-hero uh, but at best she's like a an adversary of so him i do not believe they're in league with one another
3: okay good cuz that was my take as well and i like the fact that it's not super spelled out right with you know generous you know slathering exposition right you kind of got to read between the lines here and that's one of the things that's interesting with the comic as opposed to watching a show right you don't have a performance of an actor to give you those kind of hints that's right of delivery, right? Because all the delivery of the dialogue is in your own head. So it makes it really interesting. You have to wonder what all the variables are and what's, what's possible, I think. So it's a different kind of experience than what just watching the show. Um, I wanted to also, uh, but I like the pacing, you know, the pacing of the storytelling was really good for me. I I thought it moved at a good clip. I, I totally get what Charles was saying about it. Kind of having a little bit of a second act slump kind of a thing, but I think it was a bit necessary to bring these new characters in, you know, and, and kind of, connect everything back to uh the villain from the first issue which is Zenius, right just kind of mm-hmm. connect the dots there and kind of you know introduce this new character who's going to be a pivotal part of the next issue i think clearly that's what rusk is going to be a very dominating uh character i think uh coming up and uh I uh I want to also echo what you said about uh Angel Hernandez's art. Um uh you know, it's it's interesting how it tends to work, but I really liked uh the work of the ship depictions here. Mm-hmm. um very much you were just talking about like the last couple of panels eric where we got to see the the warbird decloaking mm-hmm. you know a wonderful familiar sight for us there and i think it's on the previous page is a really great shot of uh the stargazer right mm-hmm. just the way it's 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 you know almost looks like it's uh a, a stealth ship where it's just so black mm-hmm. right with <laughs> the red nacelles and everything it looks really really cool the way they uh depicted it and then on the, I'd say the first like half a dozen pages, there's a really cool uh, panel, uh, Romulan fans, of a trio of Romulan ships I don't think we've ever seen before, but they're they're circular in design in terms of like the the center structure of the ship, and they almost look like something that would be like a cyclotron or something with a cool cockpit extension from it. But they were really cool designs. I'm like, wow, how come we've never seen those before? That's a I I don't know if that's something that Angel Hernandez designed himself, but man, really great looking ships and uh, the vehicles and the world building. I think that that's done. Like when you see the below ground areas of the planet that everyone's living in and just the, this the general environments that are depicted are super cool. I thought, you know, like the kind of, Uh, you know, blasted out terrain of the the planet's surface and the other ships. Um, When you first get a look uh, earlier on, Charles was talking about that vampiric look, right? When you first meet, I I think it's the first reveal when she's all cloaked, right, is when we're first getting our look at who we end up finding out later on is uh, Reska, It's super cool looking, right? And they're all dressed in, like, these weird black cloaks with, like, red, you know, infrared goggles or what have you. it's, It's a really dark, apocalyptic look, like, at night on the planet's surface with the vehicles floating out there and just there in this strange you know, odd, dark vibe. It's, it's great. So I, I, for me, the art was really a big piece of, I think, my enjoyment for this issue. Um, just really beautifully designed and, uh, and well depicted. And uh, yeah, I like, uh, this made me actually, I'm amazed to hear myself say it, but maybe want to find out a lot more about the Remans. And uh, mm-hmm. this could be a way, uh, perhaps, to make them a little bit more interesting component of uh, the storytelling in issues to come. Uh, beyond the story arc, you know, will we be seeing Riemann's, uh come back in, to some degree, in uh, issue, or issue,
2: <laughs> season three of Guard?
3: <laughs> we don't know. There's a lot we still don't know about that upcoming season, for sure. But I, it this makes me wonder if they're being brought back to be kind of reintroduced uh, into canon in uh, a more, you know, deliberate way. So because we just haven't seen him that much. So for me, it was really good. I I, I thought it was very entertaining. I'm certainly uh, very intrigued to see where we go next in issue three, and how will that go to point towards uh, the next season of the show, which is coming up in February. So for me, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, I probably enjoyed this more than the Lower Decks issue two, um, just because I think I like that type of storytelling more. Um, I was really engaged by the pacing of it, and uh, I just loved the combination of the art and savvy dialogue. So for me, it was a win.
2: Excellent, and and I gotta say, this is this is leading into Picard season three, obviously. So uh, Vatic gives me a really strong Romulan vibe. I don't know if you guys got that from her, but I definitely got a Romulan vibe from her her ship. It looks very Romulan to me. Like, which um, which character? The Narada, maybe from Star Trek, or Star Trek two thousand nine, or could be. Uh, oh, you're talking you know,
3: about the villain in the in the
2: in the Picard, Picard series. Three. three, right, yes. right, right. So the fact that we're seeing the Romulans here, and you know, I don't think it's a coincidence at all.
0: Yeah, I mean that's very possible. We got we got Romulans so, all over the place. I mean, Picard. I think that's the Picard that's the like second generation Picard theme right uh i mean romulans are all over the place and it was the romulan evacuation that that kind of drove the whole first season uh and the fallout from that uh of Picard so i i like it and i like and i like that kind of they i feel like the comic is following in the footsteps of the show in that it's an exploration of Picard's failures and what the fallout from those failures is. And I think that that's kind of a a cool um, uh, mirror of the Picard that we normally think of. I mean, Picard, when I, in the eighties and nineties, man, Picard was absolutely my favorite captain um, because uh, you know, he's, he always makes the right decision, and he just seems like he always knows what to do. And even when he goes through really, really tough stories where he doesn't know what to do or whatever, he, he always makes it through, and you kind of have this fit, automatic faith in him. Well, Picard has really been – Picard, the show, has really been about dealing with what happens when all that pomp and circumstance, that that uh, effing hubris, right, <laughs> what the admiral yeah. says, um, goes wrong. And uh, this story is kind of playing right into that, right? He, for, for better or worse, he trusted Xenius to not come back to the planet. Okay, so give him a chance. But what didn't Picard do? What did Picard do wrong? He didn't follow up. And we've talked about this as a theme in Star Trek as, you know, We often don't get the consequences of what happens in an episode of TNG because it wasn't a serial series. And now we've got other shows that are more serial that give us the opportunity to see what the fallout is. And I think the comic is kind of doing that for Picard much in the same way the Picard show is.
3: Because Kirk never went and checked on Khan, right? Never went to make sure he was okay. Didn't follow up to see what's going on. And look what happened, right? It's yep. like the whole idea is just like you know you were talking about love and Picard as like the great captain, right? And it's just you know I, why do I feel that way so often? I think just because he has such a incredibly high ethical compass, right? Yeah. It's like he he's the most ethical person there is, right? And what happens when your ethics are make you more rigid than you could? In your better self, and and they're misplaced, and you find out that like you're having to grapple in your you know sunset years with the ethics you were locked down on in your youth, right? So it it makes a really interesting character arc for sure.
0: Well, it goes to that thing that Picard says, which is one of my favorite Picard lines of all time. In fact, it's probably my favorite Picard line of all time, where he says, um, you know, it is possible to commit no mistakes, and still lose. That's that's life. And I feel like that's what this story is about. You know, he made the best decisions. That's the whole Picard arc. He made the best decisions all along that he could, but still he failed. And there's all this fallout from that.
2: Well, let's go around the room and grade the book. We'll start off with you, Charles. <laughs> One to ten. <laughs>
1: uh I'm going to go down to a seven on this one. I wasn't as happy with this one. A seven.
2: How about you, Eric? Uh, Well, I'm
0: kind of like the the dumbbell. I love the silly, goofy, (laughs) really fun, like, comics on one end. That's my one end of the dumbbell. The other end of the dumbbell is I love really deep, introspective, like, cool stories that weave things together, much in the same way Paul was talking about. So, um for me this one is just a maybe I'm 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 comfortable using decimals so I'm going to go a little higher than lower deck simply because I thought this comic was outstanding um I'm going to give it a 9.2 9.2
2: all
0: right Paul what do you think 1 to 10
1: I I give
3: it a I'd I'd be happy to give it a 9 I I think for me uh, just because I like the uh all the way all the elements came together and uh it's not just trying to be uh, an episode of the show, right? I think it's trying to use the format of comics uh, uniquely, right? To, to create a little bit of ambiguity there, to uh, give us a, a really rich, uh, well-designed world to, uh, to to contemplate and feel we are experiencing. So I really enjoyed it. I, I, the first issue I really liked as well. I, I mean, this is a little bit of a, a softer plot, here where we're going, just where, you know, things are boiling, but I, it sets you up for, like, a, a real overflowing uh dynamic third act is what I'm expecting, given
2: everything that we've seen. So, yeah, it's a, an enthusiastic nine. Well, I'm going to... I'm right right there with Charles. I'm going to go with a 7.2. I enjoyed Lower Decks much better. All right, guys, well, that wraps up this edition of Comic Corner. You want to make sure to tune in to Trek Talking on Thursday night, because... We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about, what was the name of that episode? Crisis Protocol 2, I think it was called. Um, Lower Decks. We're going to talk about last week's episode uh, on Thursday. We got some great Star Trek news for you guys as well. Star Trek birthdays and convention calendar, calendar, calendar. So you want to tune in Thursday night, same bat time, same bat channel. And make sure you head over to talking.com. What was that, Eric?
0: That's trektalking.com, the official website of this podcast, and I love that we got that domain name. Check it out, man. It's pretty deep in content. There's lots of links. You can comment. You can record. You can do all kinds of cool stuff, so trektalking.com.
2: And, and Paul, wh- wh- where can they find more information? Uh, there's two websites that we have you can go. You can either go
3: to trektalking.com or touchmybatlist.com. Either way of those. will get you the information you need. That's right. Both of those <laughs> domains are registered, so go oh, check
2: goodness. them out. <laughs> <And> that's right.
1: <laughs> and Charles, where can people go for all their Trek information? Well, then go to the website, trektalking.com, or visit our visit the Trek Talking Facebook page.
2: That's right. And you know what's great about trektalking.com? In the bottom right-hand corner, I put a link to our Facebook page, and right there in the corner, you'll see whatever story is the latest one I posted on our Facebook page, right at trektalking.com. I'm working on it, guys. It's it's a, it's it's a labor of love, but I think it's pretty cool. Anyway. Like, mention
3: that microphone icon again. That's really
2: cool. I like that. Yeah, it's just you, the way that those, people can, click on the microphone. What can they do, Jim? Yeah, you guys can go to trektalking.com and leave us a message. You can tell us what you thought about last week's episode on the scale of one to ten you can tell us how great we are you can request to touch my bat lift whatever you want you can record a 13 second message by clicking on the blue microphone which is in the bottom right hand corner and then i will say 13 on. seconds <laughs> yep i had to pick a number and i picked 13 seconds because of galaxy quest remember the the device there that would replace the last 13 seconds Oh, yeah. Maybe. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah
0: that's,
2: yeah, 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 that's why I came up with 13 seconds. Anyways, you can record a message for us there. I will play those messages on the next podcast. So that's another way that you can reach out with us and be part of Trek Talking. So that wraps up the show, guys. That's another another uh, successful podcast underneath our belt. Um, episode uh, 492. I believe, is next week, uh, on Thursday. We're closing in on 500, believe it or not. So I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to Charles for hanging out and Trek talking with us about comics on Comic Corner. Thank you, Charles.
1: Well, thank you. I always enjoy talking about comics and Trek in general.
2: And I want to say thank you to Paul for hanging out on Comic Corner with us. Thank you, Paul fun man it's it's great i'm i love that there's so many star trek comics happening these days with a lot more to come it's really cool there there is a lot of comics and we, we we've been lacking but we're getting back on track and thank you so much to eric for hanging out and trek talking with us as well thank you eric
0: absolutely i keep drinking from the star trek fire hose and somehow i'm still thirsty
2: <laughs> now you guys for uh next week do we want to because del- we, we haven't touched on it yet do we want to delve into the mirror war
0: sure let's start at the beginning and sure. just kind of do start. the whole thing maybe do a couple episodes mirror. per or something
2: yeah because we, we missed the whole mirror war with this whole COVID thing so we can do mirror, mirror war one and two and we'll just keep on moving there from on from mirror war and insert stargazer lower decks and the other ones as they come along will keep us going um, so anyways that's just going on guys hailing frequencies are closed. I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, saying please stay safe and be good to each other. Star Trek fans are the best fans. Good night, everybody. Night, y'all.
1: Live long and prosper.
2: Good night, all Be sure to shut off the replicator. Let's see what's out there.
0: Engage.